Hey, this is Nick here. I wanted to send a quick message to the founders out there. If you're raising your first round of capital and you're not located in the Bay Area, New York City, or Boston, we'd love to connect with you. Newstack leads deals for founders that don't fit the standard Silicon Valley profile and are located in undercapitalized areas. If that describes you, or if you know a startup that fits that description, please send us an email. It's team at newstack.vc. Now here's a word from our partners. This episode of TFR is brought to you by Pacific Western Bank. Pacific Western is the leading provider of venture debt and banking services to startups, growth stage companies, and their investors. Go to pacwest.com to learn more. Welcome to the podcast about investing in startups, where existing investors can learn how to get the best deal possible. And those that have never before invested in startups can learn the keys to success from the venture experts. Your host is Nick Moran, and this is The Full Ratchet. Welcome back to The Full Ratchet. On today's investor story segment, the experts weigh in on the characteristics, personality traits, and behaviors that they see in the most remarkable and successful entrepreneurs. Here's the special segment called Exceptional Founders. On today's special segment, we have Peter Boyce II of General Catalyst Partners and Rough Draft Ventures. Peter, can you tell us a story about a specific thing that a founder did that wowed you and made you realize that that entrepreneur was exceptional? Yeah, absolutely. So I'll tell you, I uh, so I spent a lot of my time at hackathons, spending you know weekends, kind of you know hanging out, and you know when I was in school, I helped host a lot of them and participated in them, and so I think there were these really amazing kind of communities that that spring up that bring people together to build awesome projects over the weekends and in the evenings and so i was at a, one of my favorite hackathons which is hack mit and it's probably midnight and i'm still there and you know at these at these hackathons you know many of the participants choose to do all-nighters very few of the sponsors and mentors choose to pull all-nighters but i was kind of like you know let me let me pull another all-nighter while i still can um, and I was very lucky to have a friend come over to me and he's like, Oh my gosh, Peter, you're still here. I've got someone you should really meet. And I'm like, okay. And I met a team and they were just sitting there and I'm just like, I can't believe what I'm seeing right now. One of the entrepreneurs, so they they've been kind of working the entire time. One of the entrepreneurs has his hand in a cast. Okay. Like broken arm, broken hand style cast. And is still managing to to code. And this is this is midnight. This isn't like 3 p.m. and everything's fine and they're typing, you know, for two seconds. They've been building software for hours on end. This is absolutely insane. And I met him and his co-founder, and they were both just so energetic and charismatic and just so in love with what they were building, what they were, you know, the people that they were around. It was infectious for me. Like they were so excited to be working together and to be building this. And I was so excited to just meet them. And I was like, I, it's like midnight, but it's like these guys have like all the energy in the world and all the talent in the world. And I came away from that just with a, a newfound appreciation and respect for the, the power and like that instant feeling you can have with an entrepreneur and feel like, wow, this is someone who I, I would love the opportunity to work with. I'd love to support them. I, I, I would you know, be so excited to see what they build and do. Um, and so that was just an exceptional kind of uh, founder moment for me. And I'm, I'm super excited to, to work with that team. You know, I wish that finding great founders was easier, but 
as I trace back my deal flow to some of you know the best deals that we've been involved in, often they were hard events to make or late at night or difficult situations. And it speaks to sticking it out and staying late. And uh, I think if it's if it's hard for the investor to pull off, it's probably as hard or maybe even harder for the entrepreneurs to do. So Oh, for sure. Yeah. No, I think I think being able to kind of see perseverance and grit firsthand, uh, I think is just a a really, really, really special opportunity if you have it. And I think those the the resilience of, of those kind of founders, they're the I think they're the ones that you try to, you know, back time and, and time again anytime they they work on projects. On today's special segment, we have Mahendra Ramsinghani. Mahendra, have you had the pleasure of working with or investing in an exceptional founder? And if so, can you talk about what made that entrepreneur so great and highlight the aspects that make founders exceptional? Yeah, no, the one that comes to my mind is this uh, two co-founders. You know, they're both in uh, New York. This is about four years ago. You know, I get a call at 10 p.m. in the night. Uh, one of my friends introduced us saying that, you know, here are two guys, they're crazy, they're thinking about starting a company, you know, I have no idea what it means, please take a call. So these two guys are on the phone with me at 10 p.m., and so they start to describe what they want to do, and I have no idea about the marketplace, the problem that they were solving. But just their passion was evident. We ended up talking for at least two and a half hours that night. Both of them were sort of gainfully, actually, they were in school. Adam was completing med school, so he was going to be a doctor. He was going to be a, a physician practicing medicine. But he was so excited about the startup. And then uh, his other partner, Jake, he was finishing up his master's. And they described this opportunity where there's a lot of challenges going on within laboratories, across the variety of universities, across research institutions. And they had this very elegant view of solving this uh, problem. So I said, okay, sounds good. Uh, Let me know how I can help. I gave them some ideas. A few weeks later, we're back on the phone. And that continued for some time. Then they said that, hey, look, we want to raise a small round. So I invited them to Michigan. They were in New York. I invited them to Michigan. We started to talk about a seed round. And then in the middle of that, I get this email from them saying that, we got accepted in Y Combinator. <laughs> <You Wow. know? laughs> and that was the time when Y Combinator batches were not like, you know, 120 companies. They were like smaller batches, 25, 30 companies, I think. Right. Yeah. yeah. And so they, instead of coming to Michigan, they took a different flight. <laughs> yeah. They went and, uh, all the way west. All the way west. And we still, you know, I just had dinner with one of the co-founders last week. So since then, they have built a company which is now up to 30 people. Coastal led the Series A. They're getting ready for a Series B, which is going to be a, a very nice round, very nice uh, valuations, and the growth has just been phenomenal. And so when I look at what were the key attributes of these individuals, I mean, they were not shy about calling me at 10 p.m. in the night. I was a complete stranger. They continued to drive this in a very balanced way. And of course, they were always very thoughtful, but they drove it with the discipline that was just unseen. Adam chose not to be a practicing uh, physician. To me, that was a huge sacrifice he was making. I was like, Adam, are you sure? Your parents are going to think you're crazy. He said, no. And I've talked to my wife. I've talked to my uh, family. Everybody is okay. I want to do this. If I don't do this now, then when? So today, you know, Adam is sort of very happy you know, as a co-founder building this company. And, and uh, Jake is also sort of the founder CEO now. It's a company called Quartzy. You know, if you look it up online, it's uh, just a phenomenal ride that they've had. And, uh, you know, now they're in multiple countries, multi-million dollar revenue run rate. So 
I feel like two or three critical attributes of these entrepreneurs were relentless and very disciplined. And they knew when they when they got the right opportunity, they jumped on it. At this point, if you're a VC, you've heard of Carta. You've probably even accepted securities from a portfolio company on the platform. It feels like every new company is using Carta, and there's already 16,000 VC-backed companies on the platform. They also offer tools and services for VCs like fund administration. Carta has an army of fund accountants delivering high-quality service and dedicated teams of engineers constantly improving the functionality of their user-friendly investor platform with in-app quarterly reporting, real-time fund metrics, LP portals, and more. It's also easy to switch from an existing fund administrator or to augment your in-house team with their service. Learn more about their services at carta.com forward slash investors. And this episode of TFR is brought to you by Pacific Western Bank. Pacific Western specializes in providing financial services to startups, growth stage companies, and their investors, helping to navigate financial obstacles by providing access to funds and expertise. Pacific Western's customized products and team of venture banking specialists provides a banking experience designed specifically with startups and VCs in mind. If you run a tech company or if you invest in tech companies, it's strongly advisable that you build a relationship with the folks at Pacific Western. Go to PacWest.com to learn more. So on today's special segment, we have John Greathouse of Rincon Venture Partners. John, have you had the pleasure of working with or investing in an exceptional founder? And if so, can you talk about what made that entrepreneur so great and or highlight the aspects that make founders exceptional? I think self-awareness is the most important attribute of a successful entrepreneur. Hopefully everyone's smart, right? Hopefully everybody's you know got decent communication skills. Uh, I would assume they're not going to get very far if they don't have those things. But when you look for one thing, in my mind, it's somebody who's self-aware. Because if you are self-aware, you know where your weak spots are. You know how to shore them up by hiring the right people. And you're open to learning. You're not dogmatic. You're not, uh, you don't have this insecurity that you have to feel like you're right all the time. Prove yourself right. And I think people that are self-aware, leaders that are self-aware, draw very strong people to them. Because people can, you know, that resonates with people when somebody admits a mistake or somebody admits they don't know something or somebody admits that they need help. I think that's a powerful thing for a leader to do. Now, obviously, you have to have the goods as well. You can't just be constantly admitting that you need help. But assuming you're you're very capable in many areas, as long as you're willing to admit those areas that you're not capable in, I think that's that's the way to build a great team. Assuming you try and ferret that out pre-investment, are there certain ways yeah. that you, you try and determine that before making a placement? Yeah, I think the best way is spending time with the person. Um, you could talk to references and you could talk to people they worked with in the past, and that's helpful. But I think if you start to be, get in a hurry, too much for a hurry in the investment cycle, that's probably not the right investment for you. At least that's the way we look at it. Yep. We never ask an entrepreneur to hold the door open for us. Like I remember as, a, as an operator of get that kind of nonsense from from certain investors. You know, hey, you know, give us some more time. It's like, no, I'm closing my round. So I would never ask an operator to do that. And we don't ask them. And so there are times when a good deal passes by because of time you just didn't work. Like we just didn't have enough time to get to know the person. Uh, but we really want to feel like we've seen them in more than one setting. Like we didn't just see them in the formal pitch setting. We want to see them a bit more operationally to understand how they work and how their team reacts to them. 
And if we don't have time to do that, then we're probably not going to do that deal. What, what's the approximate time between first meet, maybe first pitch, and uh, and an investment is placed for Rincon? Yeah, it's going to vary as usual. Um, probably the, a good way to answer that is what's the shortest time. In deals when we're leading, um, it's I, I don't know what the actual number of weeks is, but I doubt if we've done a deal that we led in less than six weeks. I'd be kind of surprised. And again, it's not the long pole isn't diligence should often be with a larger firm. You know, we know there's no infrastructure. There's no like the formal ways you do diligence in a later stage company just don't make sense in an early stage. But so it's often just getting to know, seeing the value prop through the eyes of the customer, seeing the value prop through the eyes of partners, meeting as many people on the team as we can, try to pull a syndicate together. All of that takes time. And we've had deals that we've talked to entrepreneurs and even said no. And then, you know, over time, they've just been persistent and we've and they've delivered on what they said they were going to deliver on and we've been writing a check. So some of those have taken over a year. Yeah, at times I've interacted with entrepreneurs and I get one sense from from our interaction and then you see them relate with their team and then you see yeah. them relate with customers and it's like a different person. So mm-hmm. hopefully there's there's no ethical concerns there, but uh, in certain cases without doing some of that and spending some time, it's it's hard to get a true sense for sort of the the operating norm for the founder. That's right. And I, again, if you're going to be involved, that's very important. If you're if you have a different investment strategy where you're just not going to be as you know you're just not going to work with that person as closely, then it may matter less to you. That will conclude this installment of Investor Stories. If you're enjoying the program and would like to see it continue, take a moment and leave a five star review in iTunes. Also, if you'd like updates on new content from TFR, as well as the top 10 VC articles every week, go to fullratchet.net and sign up for the newsletter. Okay, that will wrap things up for today. Until next time, overprepare, choose carefully, and invest confidently. Thanks for joining me.